This episode of EduTech Guys was recorded live at ISTE 2023 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening. This episode of EduTech Guys is brought to you by Vex Robotics and CSTA, the Computer Science Teachers Association. The CSTA understands that teaching computer science is hard. That's why their dedicated team and teacher-led board of directors has focused on creating a strong environment to support K-12 educators. And Vex Robotics provides solutions that span all levels of both formal and informal education with accessible, scalable, and affordable solutions. Beyond science and engineering principles, Vex encourages creativity, teamwork, leadership, and problem solving. Get more information at csteachers.org and vexrobotics.com. Hey, welcome back to ISTE 2023 Live here in Philly uh, with the EduTech guys. We've got two guests in the seat. We're going to let them introduce themselves, tell us who they are, what they do, and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Jason McKenna, Director of Global Educational Strategy for Vex Robotics. And I'm Jen Manley. I'm the Membership Engagement Coordinator. Member Experience Manager for the Computer Science Teachers Association, and I teach computer science at the University of Maryland. Cool. Oh, very cool. Okay. Okay, so we've had Jason on the show many times, and yes, couple times, yeah, couple, couple times. times. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, let's talk about this relationship between Vex and computer science. So I'll, I'll go yes. first. Yeah. So uh, with Vex, we worked really hard uh, beginning before the pandemic uh, to kind of build out our STEM continuum. Uh, we thought that was very important because we wanted students to be able to progress from year to year. You know, the, the spiel I give all the time is we know that background knowledge is the most biggest predictor for student success in the classroom, hence why we spend so much money on Big Bird, you know, in this country, right? Um, so in STEM, that really didn't exist. You, know, you, had, you, you might have a great and robust middle school STEM program, but there was no, nothing leading up to that. Uh, and now we're doing the same thing. We're, we're attempting to do the same thing in computer science. You know, so uh, we, uh, when we did this, uh, kind of the, the leadership at Vex asked me, you know, um, who we need to get involved with, and uh, the people I said first were CSTA. You know, um, the CSTA conference. Uh, no offense, this is one of my favorite conferences. Uh, because it's all teachers, um, you know. Um, you know, Jake talks about it very well. It's the largest faculty lounge, teachers lounge, most computer science teachers um, in the world. So that's that's how the relationship got started. Is is we wanted to uh, lean on our expertise. Uh, we wanted to be able to discuss with them what it is that we're doing, and obviously be able to share with folks, you know, what it is that we're doing with CSTA. So yeah. Yeah, and I would just say that as somebody who taught Vex in middle and high school, um, as a computer science teacher, I think that leading with physics is a great way to bring students in who maybe don't see themselves as programmers, right? Because when you're using computer science with robotics, that's something that you've built, you've created um, and engineered this robot, and now when you program, you can watch your code work, mm-hmm. right? So there, there's obviously a lot of, um, you know, that the feeling of success that comes with watching your program do what you want it to do on a screen, but there's something totally different when you have programmed this robot, you expect it to, you know, drive forward and pick up something, and then it does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's this very exciting feeling of success that students get. Um, and then as a teacher, I think the other thing that I really loved about working with Vex and working with uh, the Robot C platform was that it was a way 
to scaffold instruction for students and scaffold that programming for students, um, you know, so every kid could access it and every kid could experience success. And I love the transition um, to them being able to code with text. Mm. So they they feel like they're really programming. Not that block-based programming is not real programming, because of course it is, um, but seeing that I think is is a great feeling for students and makes them feel like, hey, this is something that not only can I do it, but I'm good at it too. Well, and, and uh, to me, one of the most important things um, that, and we've sort of alluded to it, uh, because of the way it's scaffolded, you know, and, and I know a lot of times we talk about grade levels when it comes to coding and stuff, but one of the things that, that I like about the way things are getting rolled out and the way things are implemented, especially in VEX and what you're doing with your you know, higher ed students and the students that you work with is it's it's not just grade level this is experience level mm-hmm. this is you know if I if I have no experience in coding whatsoever and I'm 54 I can start with block coding to mm-hmm. get the general gist of what's going on and then as I grasp that you know maybe quicker than you know a third grader then again who knows today you know <laughs> that may not be the case but Trust as you're behind you thanks no. <laughs> but uh, you know as 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 i'm able to grasp that and and shift through those learning uh progressions then i can quickly shift over to the text-based coding as i'm able to so having started from zero and not jumping straight into text-based where frankly some of that just it's just words on the screen, uh, and, and and I know learning, uh, you know, coding is very similar to, and, and, and a lot of times is equated straight across with learning a foreign language, um, but having that immersive experience and that in that kind of simple, let me let me break this down, let me let me learn, you know, get these concepts, and and I love the fact that you brought up the um, that. Tangential? No, that's not the word I'm looking for. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, where, you know, where you can tangible. Where, tangible. Thank you. The the, the tangible outcomes. You, know, you were talking about the success story, but it's just as effective when it fails. Totally. Right. You see your code. Yeah. You understand what your code is supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to go forward and pick something up, and instead it goes forward and it turns right, and then you know not only did it not pick it up, but that wasn't there anymore. And, okay, wait a minute. That's not even. Wait, how did this happen? You know, and mm-hmm. it, and especially when it's some. Uh, you know, some goofy little thing that mm-hmm. as you're learning and you say, oh yeah, I forgot to put this here. Or, oh yeah, I forgot that's what this means. Or you know, um, and so you see that translate into what's happening real world, and then you get to go back, troubleshoot, reset. Um, when I've done coding in the past, I used to do ASP scripting way back in the day in Visual Basic, and a lot of times that stuff didn't necessarily translate right away. You know, it could be not until a user does something goofy with it that you then realize, oh, oops, I kind of forgot that part or didn't see that part. I didn't experience that part. Where when you're working with a robot directly, and I'm the one in control of it, and I'm the one programming it, or even if it's your a team and a teammate is the one doing this. We can all instantly get together and work on that. I'm curious, how does that, because you're at the University of Maryland, so how is that working with higher ed students? Yeah, so we don't use facts with higher ed sure. students. It's right. a large class that's, right, uh, right. Um, and I don't have my own classroom to store all of the pieces. Yeah. Um, but uh, we do, so I teach a non-major computer science class, mm-hmm. and we start the first two weeks with block-based coding, even though it's a class on HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, mm-hmm. um, because in the course that I teach, 80% of the students have never taken computer science before. Right. So 
it's really important, even in that setting, to have them experience some success and see this is something I can do, here's the outcome of the programs that I'm writing, um, before transitioning them into text-based coding where they're gonna get frustrated because they're missing a semicolon and it's not working, right? So um, even though we're not using VEX, though I think it, it speaks to how important those features are because um, we're still using that at the higher ed level, right? Mm -hmm. Having it where students experience success, see that they can do it, and now we're adding this component of syntax, um, which can be very frustrating yes. for students. And I think the other thing, you know, when you throw in the syntax piece, their code might be right, right? The logic of their code is correct. They're missing a semicolon, or they're missing, you know, some parentheses or whatever, and now it's not working. And if we lead with that, sometimes, um, for some students, it can be very frustrating. It might turn them off, even though they understand the logic of what they're doing. They understand the core concepts of computer science. And so I think not only the block-based component, but the autocomplete feature is a really nice way for students to segue into coding with text in a way that's approachable and isn't going to turn them off before they really even get started. Yeah. So yeah, just just a couple things to add because there's a lot of interesting things got brought up there. Um, I loved your point about sometimes you don't know that there's a problem until a user uses it because that's something that in the quote unquote real world you encounter all the time. You know, soft software is abstract. You know, it's very easy from a hardware perspective. You know, Vex obviously got started as a hardware company. I'm going to make this widget. You know, but with software it's very abstract, which is why I know Jen has a lot of experience with this. You don't see a lot of companies doing waterfall project management because if it takes you six months to get in front of a customer, you might not know that you have all these problems with it, right? So, uh, so again, that is, you know, that's why we talk about, we like to say, you know, drive forward is a new hello world because you get that immediate uh, output that you can now see is, is this right? Is this wrong? What am I doing? You know, and all those, all those particular types of things with it. So I wanted, I wanted to comment on that. Um, and just the second thing, you know, with, with the other advantage that you get from teaching with a robot beyond what's already been mentioned. Um, if you think about, you know, computational thinking, which is obviously a big part of what we're trying to teach with computer science, uh, the and really the, the bedrock of computational thinking is abstraction. And when the students are ready, not as beginners obviously, uh, but when they're ready, the applying the code to the real world, which is a robot, is a very nice thing for them to be able to do because it can compile on a computer but can it actually now work like on a competition field where you, you know, can it work with a robot now you have friction, right? Do you have things like, is, is, is it a hard, hardware problem or is it a software problem? All those different types of things where now you're not just making your code to work in this one specific environment, where now it has to work in the quote unquote messy environment of the hardware and software working together or on a competition field or in your classroom, whatever it is that you're doing. So it's really able to reach both ends of the users and that it's great for users that are just getting started because it gives you that physical output of your code and it makes a lot of the abstract concepts more concrete for the students. But then as they advance, you know, really the idea of being able to apply my code in all these different environments, that computational thing which we're all going for, a robot's a great application of that. Yeah. So hearing this, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to dumb it down a little bit. So for me, um, 
What's interesting is when you get to start talking about there's the software end of it and there's the hardware end of it. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the other beauty of this whole process. So um, I was a band director, and I'd have some kids that couldn't play a note to save their lives, but yeah. they were always there, and they always did a job, mm-hmm. and they found their way, and then they found their way in life afterwards. And that's the way I look at this. So let's talk about that. I, maybe you both can talk to it. That when you start this, especially in the competition area, when you get to that hardware software, some kids immediately go, nah, I'm going to do the hardware thing. And they, so are you seeing a lot of that so that these kids realize, okay, the coding's great, but it's the hardware piece for me that's actually the one that does it, and vice versa. Yeah, so that, that's a really good point. So when I, when I do go and I speak at places like CST, I did, I did a, 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 a pavilion talk, a flash talk at CSTA last year when it was in person. Um, the thing I said, you know, in education, there's a, we have a lot of big problems in education that require a lot of smart people to fix. But sometimes we do overthink things. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about broadening participation in computer science, a great way to do that is to make it a team sport, right? Which is what you have with the competition aspects. Not only do you have hardware and software, like you just mentioned, but you also have the person that's going to make the website yeah. for the team. You have the person that's going to do the fundraising for the team. You have the person that's going to do organize all the logistics for the team. So they may eventually <coughs> end up coding. They may eventually end up engineering, or they may not, but they're all a part of that, and they're all within that ecosystem, which makes it a really nice way to attract more students um, into computer science you know, a- as they're doing that. So yes, you're exactly right. It's not just the hardware and software component, but it's all those other components that make up um, you know, what you can do from a competition perspective. <coughs> yeah, so I've taught Vex in a class, and mm-hmm. then also with a competition team. Um, it was middle schoolers using the high school VEX, so yeah. <laughs> they did their best. Um, they did a great job, but I think what's so cool about it is that every student is able to contribute in both capacities, mm-hmm. hardware and software. They well, understand yeah. how it works, and it's okay for them to naturally want to work on software or work on hardware. And like Jason was saying, um, everybody's contribution is val- valuable and valid. and. Um, yeah, I, that has been my experience, that there are kids who are like, yes, I want to learn to code, and that's important, but I'm really interested in building the robot. Yeah. And what's nice in a competition setting is maybe this kid has been the hardware person, but because they have experienced the coding on some level, if there are bugs, if things are going wrong, we now have five pairs of eyes that can sit around that computer and try to find the bug, right? Yeah. Because Debugging sometimes, if you're the, the sole kid who's programming or one of two kids who's programming, it's very easy to overlook your bug, right? Or if you're one of the two kids who are building, sometimes you've been working on this robot for so long that you can't see mm-hmm. what the issue is. And so having kids who maybe aren't working on it every day take a look, um, who have some sort of understanding of what's going on still, uh, can be a really valuable team collaboration as well. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears a little bit, um, but still uh, along the same lines. One of the things that we've sort of been talking about, also sort of been dancing around, is just CS in general in terms of getting the students involved. Uh, you know, ob- uh, ideally early on, as early on as we could get them involved. But um, as as we think about computer science. Um, and, and especially, you know, as cliches it sounds, you know, today's world and beyond, 
Um, and you've got, uh, I think it's very interesting that you've got a, a CS class for non-CS majors. So have you, and, and I don't know the answer to this, so it's okay if no is the answer, but have you seen students who have come through that have had experience with you know, VEX and, and learning computer science from similar tools uh, and, and, and what that has done for them in the non-major role. Still interested, but not necessarily that's what they're going to do. Can you speak to that? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm actually going to tell you a little bit about my story because okay. I went to a science and tech high school and um, I put off taking computer science until my senior year, uh, even though I was supposed to take it as a freshman because I thought I was going to be bad at it, which was so dumb because I did logic puzzles for fun growing up. So I should have known that I was going to be good at computer science. It was your thing and you didn't know it was I know, thing. I know, but I did I didn't know it was a place that I belonged mm. and so I took that class my senior year um, and at that point I had decided that I wanted to be a lawyer and I went to college and I you know I really loved computer science as a senior in high school but I decided you know what I'm gonna go to college and be a lawyer that's what I wanted to be since I was a kid and what I found is that my background with computer science with understanding how to break down problems with understanding how logic works that made me better as a political science major. Mm. It made me better at writing papers. It made me better at constructing my arguments. Um, and I actually ended up getting um, taking a bunch of classes in math and computer science because I missed it. I missed the objectivity that doesn't necessarily come with political science. Um, and so when I work with non-majors, we definitely do have kids come in who have experience with VEX and other physical computing tools. Um, and you know they, they are more prepared for that class. but. Um, what I love to tell people is that the skills that you learn in computer science translate into every other field. Understanding how to think, understanding how to break down problems, understanding how to debug. Um, the most important thing, right, understanding that there are multiple ways to solve a problem and that you aren't always going to succeed on your first try and that's okay. You can always debug. It builds tenacity. Um, and so there are students who come into my class and it's the only experience with computer science they will ever have. But building that tenacity where the expectation is that you're going to fail. The expectation is that you're going to fail. And not that you're going to fail the class, but you're going to fail. It's going to be a struggle to work through it. You might have to go to TA office hours. You might have to come sit with me and we're going to debug together. Um, but working through that and then finding success builds a skill that they might not be building in other fields that they're planning to go into. And I think that that translates across subject areas, across career paths, um, and that's why it's important for every kid to take computer science. So um, I have to say I'm very uh, impressed that VEX is uh, – Jason – <laughs> smart enough to go, hey, we've got to get with CSTA. I mean, this is where this is going to happen. <clears throat> Side note. Computer science has always gotten a bad rap. You know, when it first started, kids would go, well, I went and got a computer science degree in CBA. Well, that's computer business applications. That's not. I had some former students that went to U of A and got computer science degrees and code back in for Walmart. So, you know, big difference. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I, but, you know, that's where you guys are clarifying that and helping that you know, come together. And I think that's really smart to go, listen, we have to make this, you know, palatable for everyone that's involved. So, uh, really, really awesome. So, uh, each of you, let's start with, uh, with 
with uh, CSDA. What's the best way for people to find out more information if they are listening to this podcast and go, hey, we want to find out more. We want to become a member. We want to find out how we can do this. What's the best way they can do that? Yeah, so um, CSTA, uh, we are on all social media channels as CS Teachers. We're also at csteachers.org. Um, CSTA is awesome because we have nearly 20,000 members across the world. We have local chapters for you to get involved with. Uh, we have two tiers of membership, so one of our membership tiers is free. So you can go to csteachers.org, and we just want you to know that if you teach computer science, coding, computational thinking in any capacity, you are a CS teacher, and we would love for you to join CSTA and connect with our resources um, and network of CS teachers around the world. Awesome. Yeah, and I would um, highly encourage you to participate in the CSTA conference if you're a computer science teacher or if you're just a teacher in general um, interested in computer science and when your kids ask you what an algorithm is or what AI is, you want to be able to at least fake an answer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I, I would, so I would uh, it, it's, again, it's one of my favorite conferences, so I would encourage you to do that. You know, but like as Jen said, to get a hold of Vex, we're on all social media channels, you know, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you know, all of that. Um, also, you can just check out our website. Uh, vexrobotics.com. All of our um, educational stuff is located at education.vex.com. Our teacher PD is at pd.vex.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at McKennaJ72 and see all of the stuff that I'm talking about with Vex also. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hope the rest of VST is awesome for you guys. Awesome. Thank, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. This episode of EduTech Guys is brought to you by Vex Robotics and CSTA, the Computer Science Teachers Association. The CSTA understands that teaching computer science is hard. That's why their dedicated team and teacher-led board of directors has focused on creating a strong environment to support K-12 educators. And Vex Robotics provides solutions that span all levels of both formal and informal education with accessible, scalable, and affordable solutions. Beyond science and engineering principles, Vex encourages creativity, teamwork, leadership, and problem solving. Get more information at csteachers.org and vexrobotics.com. This episode of EduTech Guys was recorded live at ISTE 2023 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening.